Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, oh, wow. We got a tons of texts coming in right now on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 133 at Edmonton on uh, your memorabilia after we had Jack Hookson from Pro-Am Sports. We'll circle back to that momentarily. Still to come on today's show, this day in Oilers history, we'll tell you. Royal Pizza, pizza pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50-plus years. Get a free 2-liter Coke with a purchase of $35 or more. Online at Royal Pizza. Uh, .ca or on the Royal Pizza app, Royal Pizza, where the Stauffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. I don't know if our next guest is a big sports memorabilia collector, but we welcome back to the show from the Cult of Hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. How you doing? Good, Bob. And I do have some sports memorabilia. Yeah, how far back? A, uh... How far back does it go? Well, I, I, during the hockey card craze of the 19, early 1990s, I bought a Howie Moran's hockey card. Come on. Yeah, seriously, and it's framed and it's on my wall. Uh, it's from, I think, from a, I think it's from the 1930 season. So how much would that be worth? It wasn't, I think it was like a couple hundred dollars at the time, and I don't imagine that it's gone up in price much, but I went through my, I have a, I have like, 20,000 hockey cards from when I was a kid. And I went through them recently and I had two Gretzky rookie cards. Come on. So, but they're not, they're not in. You in put them in your condition. bicycle spokes or something? Is that what happened? <laughs> I, I wrote the put little mustaches on their faces or something. No, they're, they had frayed edges. Yeah. Like sometimes they, they cut the cards incorrectly. And this was a particular issue with the Gretzky rookie card. A lot of them have this frayed edge or they're, they're not centered properly. So one of them was actually in pretty good shape, but the other one was not. It was really frayed. So right. they're not like the the hundred thousand dollar rookie cards. Just because so come and rob my house, please. All right, all right. Well, uh, just because we, I have not recall her, hearing from this texter before. Shirley in Leducas, Texas, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. She says she has assigned us a ticket and home white jersey. He's still my all time favorite. I wear the jersey on Oilers playoff game days. That's a great jersey to be wearing. Uh, it there, sure is. There's a there's a lot of uh, the Wayne Gretzky ones that are out there right now. So uh, there you have it. All right. Uh, uh, where, do, where do you want to start here, David? Uh, I know you actually, let's talk a bit about goaltending because um, I, I posed a question yesterday. Uh, hey, uh, you know, is the team, you know, going to be, I think the team is going to finish higher than they did last year in the standings. I think we'll have a full year of Matias Ekholm. Now, injuries could theoretically play an issue, but I do think they'll have more consistent goaltending 
from both guys. You wrote a piece about Stuart Skinner possibly being Canada's best young goalie right now? Yeah, it's... um it, it speaks to a couple things. It speaks to the fact that Skinner had a had a pretty had a had a good regular season this year. I mean, he wasn't great. He was um, he was kind of middle of the pack for NHL starters. But the fact of the matter is, and there's just not that like if you look at the starting goalies like for Team Russia, if there was to be a best on best series, they just have a wealth of players. They can they could go with Sorokin or, or um, they could go with um, Vasilevsky, uh, Bobrovsky, Shosturkin. They've got all kinds of guys who scream like I'm the number one goalie. And the states have um, Connor Hellebuck and Jake Ottinger, but for Canada. Um, you know, we've always had that great goalie, often had that great goalie. I mean, most recently, Carey Price was just out of this world good for Team Canada in 2014 in uh, Sochi. But right now, there's a kind of, um, there's no lock, just guy who's got it locked down. So the best candidates um, right now are Skinner. Um, Aiden Hill, like Aiden Hill, uh, who just won the cup with Vegas, but he came out of nowhere to do that. David, this is recency bias. I mean, come on, you're gonna. Have... Who are you gonna go with, Bob? Like, who, who, who's the number one guy? Like, if, if, where's who's who's the who's the guy for the last four or five seasons has dominated and is Canadian? So it's it, there's just no one. Kemper, Kemper. All right, I, I'm going to throw it out there. Who's been the best Canadian goaltender in the league? And you're saying younger. He's got to be 28 or under. Well, probably. Although so Martin we're talking Jari for- or Carter Hart or somebody like that, and neither of the people, like you know, neither Flyers fans in in Philly nor Penguins fans in Pittsburgh would say that's a stone cold mortal lock on either guy. Now Jari did get a five year extension. Uh, Texas seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Who's been the best Canadian goalie? To say twenty eight or under in the league. You're saying that Skinner's got to have a chance to be in that radar screen. That's interesting to me. Because well, so I I did just a kind of a back of the envelope study, and I looked at like basic stats like games played, save percentage, goals against average, and then compared um, goals against to expected goals against um, as determined by natural stat trick numbers. And uh, Skinner, I think, finished 13th of NHL goalies, and he was the highest Canadian. He was ahead of Kemper. Uh, so if you go by those basic goalie stats in the regular season, um, but Team Canada, I think they would go right, like if it, if the decision had to be made today, I don't think it would be Skinner. I think it would be Kemper and Hill. I think they would go with guys who won the Stanley Cup really? recently. Yeah, well, that's how NHL GMs think they go with. And, and, they're, but, and it's partly because there's really no one who else are you going to go with? There just there isn't a lot of. There's not that great Canadian goalie. Who is the great? We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do a show on this about the Canadian goaltending because, like the Russians, you know, and people can think what they want about the Russians, and you, you hit on that as well this week on another front. Uh, but the reality is, they must be doing something right with how they're developing goaltenders because we got Vasilevsky. Uh, you know, Shesterkin's pretty good. Uh, there's a guy with the Islanders at Sorokin that's not too bad right now. Like, all three of those guys would be ahead of anybody that Canada's got. It's, you know, I guess the 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 last great goalie who's still getting it reasonably done is Marc-Andre Fleury. But he's going to be 40, I think. 
this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, they could go with Marc-Andre Fleury, right? Like, that that would be, you know, everyone realizes he was a great goalie, but there's just no one who stands out, and it's kind of, I don't think we've ever, you know, in night, so you, you probably remember Mike Leo in 1981. The last time we didn't really have great goaltending, and sorry to pick on Mike Leo, was in 1981 Canada Cup in a big international tournament. And uh, But other than that, I mean, we've had players like, Ken Dryden, Tony Esposito, Rogi Vashon. Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait, wait, wait a sec here. Go ahead. It's not like Dryden and Esposito stood on their head <laughs> in the 72 series. They had a horrible save percentage. Their expected goals was poor because the Russians never shot the puck. They weren't great, but I'm a big Ken Dryden fan, so I'm slipping his name in there. And he was great at other times. I mean, there's no doubt Ken Dryden was a great goalie. Just in that series, he wasn't yeah. wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. And anyway, so we had Patrick Patrick Raw, yes. we had uh, Mark Roger, and Carey Price. So, so there's just been and Bill Ranford was was great in the 19. I think it was 1991 Canada Cup. Uh, he had a period there, Bill Ranford, where he was the best goalie on earth, without a doubt, for about a year or two. And um, but right now, there's just so I'm hoping, fingers crossed, you know, and Stu Skinner, he, he's an interesting guy. He didn't play well in the playoffs. We can all agree on that. But he It happens well to guys. The their, their first playoffs, it happens to them. Yeah. And I think he, I think he's, he, I like, he's big. He's really calm. Um, he doesn't seem, he seems unflappable. And I think that can go a long way. I think he's got the right demeanor. And, um, you know, he had a little trouble down low. Uh, plays coming up from the corner and across the ice from behind the net. But I think that's, I'm not exactly sure whether, in Kelly Haruti remarked on that during the playoffs, and I'm not exactly sure whether that's a technique thing or if he lost some confidence about players, you know, um, the danger man sleeping, sneaking into the slot from the other side and, and you know, worried about the, that the puck was going to go across on a pass. Um, and he just wasn't as aggressive on the puck carrier as he should have been. But that was a problem in the playoffs. But he, can, I think he can figure that out. We're joined right now by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers now. David, you also wrote a piece about the fact that the Edmonton Oilers, where, where are they ranked in terms of their prospects? Well, this was a um, uh, Calgary um, prospect raider, Byron uh, Bader. Okay. And he's been around a few years, and he uses analytics um, to look for expected uh, kind of expected point totals um, in the NHL based on uh, junior and other leagues, you know, under U18 scoring totals. And he had them ranked 28th. The orders ranked 28th out of 32. And it in prospects, like it was a fair rating to in me prospects. for prospects. Yeah, and 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 you know, you have to consider this that the Oilers traded away. Probably their best pro- prospect in Reed Schaefer, um, their most valuable prospect. He had how had far a good year. How, how far back does he go with these prospects? He's going back uh, to 2017, and he's excluding players who have already made the NHL, like Evan Bouchard, and uh, or 2018. He's going. I think it's 2018 that he went back. How many so games? Play, so anyone. is is like Holloway and Broberg on the prospect list? I don't think they are on his prospect right. list. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so 
he's just going with people who really, you know, have yet to make it in the NHL. Yeah. And it's a fair it's a fair list. Um, the Oilers have some promising players. Well, they're in the middle of going for it, David. That's what happens when you're going for it, is you end up, with, like, there were years where the Oilers were top three or four in that Lowe's list, and they'd finish 28th, 29th, or 30th in the league. Now we're at the opposite end of the scale, where the team finished sixth last year, and I think we'd be disappointed if Edmonton didn't finish in the top five this year. It's just, you're right, there's that aspect to it, where you're not drafting in the top five, the, not, the top ten even, and um, that's good news in Edmonton. So this is a really, in some ways, it's a good news story. I mean, Boston was, I think, the lowest rate, rated team for uh, hockey uh, prospects, according to Bader. So, it was a, you know, that's, that's good news in Boston because they're the best team in the NHL in the regular season last year. And it just goes with the territory. But that said, you, you can't, uh, you do have to keep to win consistently in the NHL and the Oilers are going to need we're seeing it right now there's a numbers crunch and there's going to be a, a, a money crunch uh, it's just going to get worse it's not going to get better with success with the Oilers so they're going to need young players obviously yeah. to come up and, and play at minimum salary and contribute to the team and there are some prospects um, they do have a number of them but they're just not of the highest caliber according to Bader and, and to other um, talent Raiders like Corey Promen and, and Scott Wheeler of the Athletic they have the Oilers you know in in the 20s uh and it's well they off. should be they should be in the 20s i mean i i've met Corey and scott and i i you know i know this because we're on the other end of it um hey i'm on the air here just give me a second uh sorry uh yeah it starts in uh, t- 15 minutes but uh <laughs> Yeah, the holiday. Uh, okay. Thanks for calling me during the show. <laughs> I'll bring home the milk. Just kidding. Uh, look, so so it's one of these situations where, you know, I've been on the other end of it where the orders had, you know, it's like the hockey news used to do, like, I think the top 50 or maybe it was yeah. the top 100 guys out there. And they'd always have goaltenders ranked too high. Because goaltenders are a hit and miss. If you looked at, you know, if you go five and ten years back, some of the guys that don't pan out are goalies. And I'm going to tell you that you can have a bunch of the top, pro- like, I'm sure Arizona's ranked top five. How much confidence is there that Arizona's going to be any good five years from now? Right? Like, it just, that's just a yeah. byproduct of how it works. Did you do a poll on Jay Woodcroft as well, speaking of recency bias? Yeah. And the, the result of the poll was no surprise. He's been, Listen, he's been getting a lot of criticism, and including from me and you and from other people who I think, you know, people who are not against Jay Woodcroft, we just have fair critiques to make of what happened in the Vegas series. And um, I, so that said, though, 92% or 93% of Oilers fans, and there was more than 2,000 uh, people who voted in this online poll, 92% gave him an A or a B. So the vast, vast, vast majority of Oiler fans thinks he think he's doing a good job. Just you know, less than two percent gave him a failing grade of D or F. Less than two percent. So there are some awfully loud voices who are really super critical of Woodcroft. Uh, but you know, I think if we if this same poll had been taken after the Los Angeles series, Bob, 
his mark, like I think it was like 35% gave him an A. I think it would be like 70% would have given him an A at that time. And it's, it's just the natural consequence of losing a, just a really bitter defeat where for the first time as an owner's coach, some of his decisions and tactics came under question. And this is going to happen. There's going to be tremendous and painful soul searching from the entire organization, including Woodcroft, including the fans after such a hard defeat because if they beat vegas it's such a clear path to the cup and it hurts i mean people are still the people are still reeling Oilers fans are reeling all that said though you know because jay woodcroft has had the second best record in the nhl since he took over as coach and people aren't stupid they you know recency bias doesn't impact them that much more than 90 percent of the fans still have his back and think he's gonna think he's the right guy for next year obviously do you have a number that makes sense for uh bouchard and uh mcleod and i think they'll both be two-year deals by the way i've put my numbers out at four million and 1.8 where are you at you know i think um the only the only thing i would say about this is that you want to get bouchard on that second year and it's it's going to make his number a little higher than I think most fans think it's going to be. Like they're looking at the um, the Miller contract and the um, Bowen Byram contract in Colorado and New York, and I think it's going to be a little higher than that it sounds like from what I'm hearing. And I, I think it's because you really need to nail down that second year with Bouchard because he's going to – I mean, Bob, he could have – it wouldn't be out of this world if he came close to a, a point a game. Running that power play. I don't know. If, I, I don't mean, know if you heard Al May in the first segment. He thought Bouchard could score thirty goals this year. He's got an amazing shot, and that would be a high number. I, I would. I would. You know, my high number would be twenty. Like I, I think twenty is well within the realm of how many goals he's going to get. I mean, the guy can just he can pick it, he can fire it. He's got an amazing shot. It's a major weapon, and so because he could get that many points uh, in one year. I just think it's it would be wise for the Oilers to sign him to two, and that's going to cost a little bit more. Now, why would he do it would be the question. Well, it's for insurance. I mean, if players can suddenly get an injury, he signs a two-year deal, let's say, they, you know, for, he's going to earn $8 million over two years. That sets him up for life uh, significantly if he does get a, a major injury. So he might... Uh, be willing to do that and I think it would be prudent for the Oilers to pursue that second year on the deal even if it ends up costing a little more. All right, great stuff David. How do people follow you on Twitter? At the call to hockey. There you go. That's David Staples. David, thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. It is 150 in Edmonton. I remember this well. When we come back we'll get to this day in Oilers history and wrap the show. We had Jack Huxton from Pro-Am Sports on a 105. Got countless texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line on memorabilia. Randy has texted us to say, Bob, I've got a few favorites in my collection. A Ryan Smith autographed uh, third jersey and stick. A Mark Messier autographed Sherwood PMP. Oh, that's going back in the day. Autographed Mike Riley jersey uh, from Pro-Am, he mentions. Doug Flutie signed J5V. And a baseball signed by Fernando Valenzuela back when he played at the old John Duke. Uh, there you have it. That comes to us from Randy on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. We are going to go to this day in Oilers history. It is presented by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Uh, you can book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. We've got a trip coming up to Nashville in the fall. It's early. It's in October. Let me tell you, if you've never been to Nashville, you're going to want to go to Nashville. Here's Brandon Escott. 2011, the Oilers traded 2005 first-rounder Andrew Cogliano to Anaheim for a second-round pick in the 2013 draft. 
Cogliano played every game in his first four NHL seasons with Edmonton, set an NHL record by scoring the overtime winner in three consecutive games. The draft pick ultimately used on Marc-Olivier Waugh. Never heard of him, youngsters? Well, it's because he never played an NHL game. William Carrier, Tyler Bertuzzi, Eric Comrie, Zach Sanford all taken in the next five picks. Uh, I saw him play in Blainville, Bosbriand, uh, which is a suburb of uh, uh, Montreal. And uh, Scott Housen was at the game, and I looked at Scott. That was an analytics pick in 2013, and I said he's never playing a game in the NHL, just so you know. Seriously. So I'm playing. I was like, wow. It was a late second-round pick. Uh, now, do you know the story about what happened with uh, Cogliano? I was hosting a show called Oilers Lunch on 1260 at the time, and Dan Tenser was doing Inside Sports on Ched, and we had just finished interviewing uh, Andrew uh, live on the show, and I say, hey, Andrew, I'm going to send your uh, number over to, to Dan so we can go. <laughs> That's crazy. That was a different time, man. I was on two different stations at the same time. 12 years in a row in this slot. Uh, we will tell you tonight, Dave Campbell is pinch hitting for Reed Wilkins. He's got a full preview of the Elks Tiger uh, Cats game. Uh, Brendan Escott's going to be on the show tonight. Local boxers, Ethan uh, Halibai and Vanessa Bradford. Did I steal your thunder here? Did you know all this stuff from Dave as well? Or Yeah, well, it's not my thunder, though. I've got airtime later on, it sounds like. Uh, I'm yeah, fine. You're, you're coming up. <laughs> uh, we're going to tell you at this time that uh, for the next couple of weeks, uh, Cam Moon and Brendan will be uh, mostly uh, hosting the show tomorrow. Uh, Cam will have Kevin Sawyer. He does uh, the TSN broadcast for the Winnipeg Jets. Joaquin Gage, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, and Brendan will join us uh, as well for uh, for the Elks. So I'm going to take some time away. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea and Chad with Chelsea Bird again. Uh, Cam Moon and Brendan uh, hosting Oilers now for about the next uh, seven or eight shows. Talk to you in a couple weeks' time. Tell me why.